Hello there, and welcome to the world according to AJ1. Um, today, because we've, um, oh, we've been you know, talking about some quite dark topics, I thought today that I'd invite my good friend and band member, Biff, whose uh, real name is Paul Bradley, but he's also known as Biff the Bass Machine. That's interesting uh, nickname. Why do people call you Biff? Because um, apparently, years and years ago, I used to, well, I was known to have a fairly demonic um, smile, which was likened to a psychotic clown. Okay. And that psychotic clown was nicknamed Biff, so I took the mantle, basically. Was it Biff or the clown? Yeah. Okay. Who came up with that? A guy called Tom Blackmore. Okay. Who I've not seen for years and years. Who um, was a bit of a psycho himself, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, less said about you the better. Anyway, I've invited Biff along to uh, just have a chat, uh, see how it goes. Uh, it might be good, it might be shit, um, but I'm going to invite him back every uh, month to try and uh, see if we can get some good stuff out of him and, yeah, I'll get talking about things. So, Paul. Yes. Jules Holland. Jules Discuss. Holland, fantastic, um, but possibly not for the reasons that most people would think we think it's fantastic as soon as Jaws comes on the TV me and you are texting ferociously <laughs> at the extreme diversity of the acts um, and we marvel at any bands that have got people with more than one limb yeah because they're an oddity um, just seems to have not some... people with one limb are oddities no the, the bands that... without with more than one game, or an oddity. Yeah, so he has unusual bands. Very unusual. And they've got... Like one a, no, a nose flautist from Ecuador. Yeah. Um, Arse flute. That one was from Bolivia, I believe. Yeah, and not that we've got anything against um, ethnic music. Uh, certainly not. It's more... Some of my best friends are panpipe players. I'm so glad that you said panpipes there. Um... <laughs> Um, oh and um, yeah and uh, <laughs> we all always marvel at the there's always some miserable fucker <laughs> in a spotlight with an acoustic guitar <laughs> and it's yeah and Dirge then like yeah and then up until a certain point recently we had Chaz and Dave on there as well yeah possibly well he's dead now isn't he Chaz yeah so is he just called Dave I think he's called Dave and Dave now or is it just and Dave I think he has a holographic image of himself yeah. playing piano. Yeah. So it's Dave and Dave now. Really? Yeah. So does he really? No. <laughs> so, but the other thing is, um, Jules Holland. He is always what's that word? Saved, if you like, by always having at least one half decent band on, and I'd say half decent quite literally. But if you think back to the nineties, he had all decent. And I wanted to ask you about this. So my question to you, because we never get to actually discuss in person because yeah. we're always texting. Yeah. And I've got to be honest, I've been crying about some of the things that we've texted, <laughs> but probably not repeatable on air. Yeah, um, do you think that back when I look back at the 90s versions of Jewel, Jules, there were people like us texting, well, doing the, the equivalent of texting, but obviously they wouldn't have been texting because they didn't have phones then, but talking about the fact that they had such 
random indie stuff on, I'm or not, do you think he's I'm just not. gone so diverse he's trying to be? Yeah, I was um, going to say I'm not sure because he's trying too hard. I don't think in the nineties it was as diverse as it is now. It's diverse now to the point of being ludicrous. Um, still interesting, but hilarious at the same time. But in the nineties, things were rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly, very white centric. Uh, very Britpop, obviously, which I, I personally loved, and I think you did as well. Yeah. Um, and not quite so much in terms of ethnic diversity, which I've got absolutely no problem with at all. Um, some of your best friends are Some of my best friends yeah. are the players. But, yeah, so, I mean, I loved the 90s. That's possibly one of my most favourite um, decades. And up until very recently, I was quite... Um, I'd get quite embarrassed about being into 90s music because it, it, because it seemed um, a bit too retro and a bit too, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, too characteristic of somebody of my years. I'm 58, by the way, just to let people know. Old. Um, well, I'm old. How much older than you am I? About 18 years? 19 years. 19 years. And, we're, we're, and yet we're in a band together. We play fairly current stuff don't yeah. we along the lines of I have to wheel you on though oh yeah obviously in the basket chair but <laughs> and uh, put, put, a a commode. Blanket, put a blanket on my lap and my base on top of it and I'm happy it's the commode that gets me um no, oval team <laughs> we're well away people don't mind <laughs> well I don't know whether they mind or not I can't see without my specs and you hear me it's when your nurse comes on halfway through to change to be fair the commode on stage is a bit of a that down, but mm. you can't have it all, can you? Well, you can put your base on when you're not using it. <laughs> Say you can't have it all, can you? <laughs> That's a shit joke. So, so do you think that he's try, trying too hard, or do you just think that he's he's basically embracing the fact that we've got the World Wide Web and you can find more music? So he's basically going, uh, you know, do you think he would have liked what he's playing now, then, or do you think he's just pandering to a Ultimately. I th I think a couple of things. I didn't want to get into this race debate. Well, early. you're in it now, so just okay. uh, just. I think I might be out of my depth. I think I'd rather talk about the mobile nudes. Well, let me just go with this bit first. Okay. So, in the olden days, in the nineties, he had less creative freedom with what he was doing because he wasn't as big a figure as he is now. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, he's always been into world music and all the rest of it. So this is obviously he's using his freedom of creativity in the 2018, 2019 era to bring about more diversity on his on his program. And it's a bit of a hit and a uh, swing and a miss because they're quite niche bands at the end of the day. But like I say, it's always interesting um, listening to new music and wherever it's coming from, even if it makes us wet ourselves as we're texting backwards and forwards yeah. about the weirdness and diversity of the said artists. Do you know what? It's not necessarily for me the diversity. It's just the randomness of the characters within the band. Just like, I know, should have said that, really, rather than the diversity. It is just such random characters. Well, it's a bit late now. We're 10 minutes into this conversation. I can't start it again. And you've gone on a race... Race words and racist <laughs> bastards. No way! I'm the least racist person you could wish to meet. Just off air, you were telling me you didn't want any more black people on Jill's <laughs> Honour. Jesus Christ, can um, you stop recording that? <laughs> um, not at all. I'm far from racist. I'm the exact opposite. What is the opposite of being racist? 
Um, being a non- anti-racist. Non-racist. Anti-racist. In yeah. fact, I saw something recently that um, harked back to the days of 70s punk. Because there was a movement that started around 77, 78 called Rock Against Racism. And yes, not yesterday, last week I saw a poster for a Rock Against Racism gig and I was so impressed. Was it come back? Or I don't know. Is it a poster from back in the day? Oh, no, no, no. It's a, a like a gig around now. Um, a current gig, I should have said. But, um, but isn't it shit that like that movement was in the 70s and still needed today? I think, to be fair, it's less needed today in one way, um, but it's, I don't think it should ever go away because it's, it's, it'll always be a necessity, I think, movements like that, just in terms of making people aware. To be Do you think people will always be racist? I think it's very difficult to stamp racism out of, even out of ourselves completely. Um, like I say, I've, I'm the least possibly racist person you could wish to meet. Well, I could wish to meet someone less racist. You know what I mean. Mother Teresa. But, well, she's a bit racist. Is she? Because, yeah, apparently she doesn't like black people. What nationality is Mother Teresa? She's Indian, isn't she? Doesn't no. Mean. She's not Indian, is she? She's. Isn't she European? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, is she Italian? No, I would never have thought so. We're really showing ourselves up to be really ignorant. Yeah, I think she's got links. I was reading a book. I think she's got links, Google it, yeah, uh, to the Catholic Church. So I think she's linked to the Oh, well, she would have, wouldn't she, because she's a nun? But she's fucking Italian then, isn't she? But she's not Italian, you muppet. Well, she's not Indian. Let's have a look. I think she is. I think she is. I think she is. Okay, Google it. Could I say I think she is anymore? Yeah, I, I'm hoping there's some uh, nifty music that we can so, just sort of drop out and drop in. Oh, oh, speaking of music, I'm really upset at the moment about a band called Estrons. Estrons? Um, they're a Welsh band, mm-hmm. and uh, God, I was predicting all kinds of good things for them last year. And very recently they split up due to, well, a lot of arguments apparently within the band. So I'm a bit really good about that. Oh, I love them. Who did it sound like? Uh, well, that's just it. Nobody really. Um, th- they had mm-hmm. such an authentic sound. And the guitarist, a bloke called Rodri Daniel, yeah. or Daniels, I'm not sure. It, he will be massive in, in the next couple of years. I guarantee it. Well, he eats too much. <sighs> Cars. He <laughs> could be massive. <laughs> God, I'm so slow. It's the, it's the beer. <laughs> Albanian. I knew it. Okay. She's so, Albanian. Mother yeah. Teresa is Just Albanian. like Indian. Yeah. Well. <laughs> don't. Don't. So, um, yeah, so she's Albanian, but she obviously took on the mantle of a nun. An and Indian that's, nun. Uh, yeah, because her bloody <laughs> nunnery, not nunnery, orphanage or whatever. Fucking, <laughs> you want to move? Her orphanage. We don't have Oh, anyway, yeah. So, so I was really upset because um, we, my wife and myself went to see Estrons in Moseley. Supported by Mother Teresa. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. And I, I was just blown away by how good they were, and they seemed to be using uh, little gadgets on stage, and I'm sure it was some form of um, backing tape, which 
isn't brilliant in itself, but they were very, very creative. Where did you see them in Rosley? Um, the castle and the eagle and falcon and... <laughs> this, <laughs> this is like, you know, getting someone's granddad out and saying... <laughs> Castle, I'm sure that's where it's I've called. I've never been there. In Mosley. It's a good little venue. Okay. It's quite a long um, auditorium. Yeah. Which is really weird because when we went in, there were like a lot of octogenarians mm. and 80-year-old people down the side of the, um, of the, of the gig room. Yeah. And they were just sat there like they were the mums and dads of the band. They could have been the mums and the dads of the band. Probably were. But it was just very, very disconcerting that we were hearing this anarchic screeching from the stage and at the same time there's all these octogenarians down the side of the room well do you remember when we played the tardy beak in tamworth no and basically it's not tamworth no not studley yeah studley and (laughs) yeah (laughs) fucking hell it's like (laughs) alzheimer's fucking beginners um so well they were serving food at the same time which wasn't it was like a carvery wasn't it It and every now and again yeah. Uh, they would interrupt the um, your vocals on the microphone and they would bring in the tannoy saying, the ace of clubs, the <laughs> ace of clubs, please collect your cutlery, thank you. <laughs> Which was quite surreal, really. Yeah, it wasn't like the ace of spades. I'm glad we worked those into the lyrics of yeah. our songs. The ace of clubs. Mm-hmm. I just remember singing, white van man, you cut me up, you little bastard, and there's like a little old woman eating the fucking carvery. <laughs> And uh, it's just surreal. And I, I think back to some of the gigs that we played, and I'm just like, oh my god, did that actually happen? Because that would have been embarrassing now looking back, but at the time it didn't feel bad at all. Do you know what I'm really annoyed with? The fact that we, we didn't catalogue all of our gigs. I've got a fair idea of a lot of them, and using emails and texts and stuff like that, I could remember when a lot of them were, and I think I will start to compile that actually. Maybe we could do like an anthology. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I do look back on some of them. Uh, do you remember when we played Wolverhampton and nobody turned up, not even our girlfriends or wives? Well, you say that, but there was the security guard at the door. He was liking yeah. it. I dedicated a song to him. He was loving it. That was um, a real low point. That was a lot low point for us. And the high point would probably be at the O2 Festival, wouldn't it, in London? Yeah, that was awesome. That, I mean, that was good for... Um, Arts Fest in Birmingham as well. Yeah, Arts Fest was excellent. Going back to O2, when we played Hyde Park, that was... O6. That was excellent. 13 years ago, man. Mm. That was excellent for the feeling of being a sign band. But I think we've had better small gigs yes, definitely. where it's felt like we've got a crowd there mm. and you can sort of, yeah, really react. I mean, we were really unlucky because... Um, wasn't it the same time as a, an England match? It was a really... Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was the World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, six. Yeah. Or Euro. It was a Euro, I think. I think it was Euro. And we were doing quite well, and we um, and we didn't even fucking get through. But we sat in the um, green room backstage with Depeche Mode. Yeah. That was one of our highlights. Yeah. And had a chit-chat with... What's the, the red-haired geezer? Um, Mick Hucknall. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I can't remember his name now, but him, Fletcher. Who the fuck, fuck is that? Addy Fletcher. 
from Depeche Mode. You oh, think <laughs> Deft? Ah, I don't know them. But we sat. <laughs> I sat next to him anyway, and we were chit chatting about football. I'm very clear what he was talking about, but never mind. He we met. Took him into a burger. We also yeah. met Huey from the Fun Loving Criminals. Did we? Oh, I did. <laughs> so I don't like him. <laughs> um, no, I do remember that. Actually. Yeah. And, and do you remember we played at the Robin 2 in Dudley? Bilston. Bilston with um, Trapdoor. I don't remember these. What's that? Rick Buckler from The Jam. Oh, yeah. Why He's banned tra- because you called him Trapdoor because you said he looked like the, like the skeleton. <laughs> I bet people oh, I don't Rick. remember Trapdoor. Right, Rick. So, um, I bet people don't remember. I didn't know. I've got a clue. I, I googled it after you said it. That's the only reason I know. And then I cracked up because it looked did look like him. <laughs> so I mean that was a weird situation to watch because he was in a support band of his own band. How bizarre! Yeah. So, but they weren't called. No, not a support band. A, a covers band of his own band. No. That was a different gig. That was Edwards number eight. No. Was a... No. Don't say no. No. Don't say no again. <laughs> no. Oh, I said no again. <laughs> Go on. Um, it was weird because within the same month, and yeah. it was probably within the same fortnight, we <clears> played <throat> with Rick Buckler, yeah. um, the drummer from Jam, yeah. and his band, whatever that was called. Wasn't the Gift. Called, wasn't The Gift. Featuring Trapdoor. Anyway, so... Um, and then the week after that, we played at um, Edwards Number 8 with a genuine jam covers band. And the lead singer of that covers band looked more like... Um, what's his face? It was him. L- no. Bruce Foxton. Oh, no. You li- what? It was Bruce Foxton. No, I promise you it was Bruce Foxton. Oh, my God, it wasn't. It wasn't. I swear to you on my life, male drop down dead. It wasn't. I'm anyway, that it was. And the band, the lead singer looked more like Paul Weller. Weller. Fucking hell. Than Paul Weller did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we don't need to argue about that, given that I'm right. So we should move on to something. I was thinking that I'm, and this might be a self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever, and or me justifying my life choices, but seeing how bands are treated nowadays i am almost glad that we never got signed because of how much through the mill and how much life is sort of projected onto um you know twitter you know everything is exposed yeah. you, you can't get away with having a shit without someone writing in the sun about it or whatever you know all these people trying not to have a shit i'm fairly sure i've never read that about any musicians however you know, Roger, right Roger Daltrey as shit at Glastonbury. That's not a headline I've seen. I heard a joke from Frankie Boyle. Okay. And it was. Um, so obviously he's Scottish and he was doing the gig in Scotland. And he said, uh, I don't know what the, all the fuss about is with uh, between Glastonbury, um, because we go around, which is tea in the park, and loads of people get Glastonburyed. <laughs> 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 I do like a bit of Frankie. I do, but <clears throat> I was trying to watch it last night, and basically because Claire's off work now because she's about to drop the baby. There <clears throat> is my wife. People have been listening. Okay. 
I've got seven regular listeners. <laughs> um, so those seven people are probably aware that Claire, my wife, is Excellent. ready to drop the baby. And um, yesterday, so I've gone, I, we work at the same place, and I get back from work, and she's not spoken to anybody all day. And my job involves talking to people all day. Mm. And so I'm there trying to be quiet, watching Frankie Boyle, and she's there trying to talk over it. And oh, I was so pissed off. Yeah, a, a literal, no, yeah. And you just would. chucked her head through the uh, coffee table. Yeah, I could see it coming. Yeah. Is that wrong? Well, define wrong. Um, is it legal? Oh, you'll be going down. Really? But is it wrong? I don't know. Anyway. So I was trying to listen to this. Fucking dig Not that you would ever condone domestic violence. No. Obviously. But in the 10 minutes... So it was funny because she went out to yoga mm. and I was still watching it when she came back because I'd been out myself. Mm. And I was just like, please, I've just asked for 10 minutes to just to watch this. You are unreasonable. Do you think? Oh. Do you think... Oh, I, my God. Do you think I'm unreasonable oh. in the band? No, you're not, actually. Really? You're, you're very much a democrat within the band which is bizarre because outside the band you're a raving tyrant so <clears> there, <throat> was, strange, there was um, one time that uh, springs to mind when there was a rift in the band yeah well you were in you were in the right you were probably being a bit too vociferous I don't know what this, 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 what does that mean? Uh, yeah, you were very vocal that night, let's put it that way. Yeah. Essentially, the guitarist had changed a guitar sound for one of the songs, and Adam, you had taken, it, taken exception to the sound. Cause it was an extremely left-field sound, should we say, a bit weird, experimental, and he wouldn't have it that it was ruining the sound, and I backed you up. Which, in re retrospect, I shouldn't have done because I should have just kept my no nose out, I suppose, but I couldn't. And so, yeah, that caused a bit of a rift. But the following week, when Rob, the guitarist, brought us all beers to apologise for not taking on board the valid criticism, I thought that was very big of him. I thought it was quite funny that because we'd been recording a song just before, we had the whole argument. <laughs> To listen to in the car. <laughs> listen. He's not going to listen. Okay. And if he does, he'll fucking listen. I could put outtakes of the argument oh. on the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a bit. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, coming full circle, um, we've got. Yeah, we've been in the band now for... How long have we been in the band? 16 years. Yeah. And we've done loads of gigs, recorded a couple of demos. But I'd say we've only really got a following over the last year. Yeah. And it's really strange how that's happened. And I've been reading a lot of self-help books about the fact that if you just keep doing something, eventually something will come. And it's really strange how that is actually quite... You know, it's, it's come true, really. I think some of it is definitely to do with self-belief and more about your self-belief than any of ours really mm -hmm. because i mean let's be honest the majority of people that come to the gigs are from your uh, area of expertise shall we say yeah. your your areas of interest during the day and all the rest of it and work and <laughs> <laughs> sounds dodgy but some of They're us all um refugees that i've been and got from europe 
But <laughs> your self belief in the band yeah. has obviously played a blinder there in getting picked because they're so engaged with the band, mm -hmm. and because uh, we've got a Facebook page for the Motive, and it's a very active group who we've referred to as the Motive Mobsters, and they're just so supportive and really, really always there for us, aren't they? And always yeah. there at gigs and stuff. Yeah, like that. it's fantastic. Um, that hasn't always been the case, but. Don't you find that when we started the band off, as with most like band, bands, we kind of we were focusing on how far we could get and would we get signed and this, that and the other. And none of that is of, well, I wouldn't say it's not of interest to me now, but it's of way less interest to me than, say, um, just enjoying the experience of yeah. gigging and stuff. I'm, I'm not really that much bothered whether we, you know, whether we're signed or anything like that. In fact, and as you were saying a couple of minutes ago, in some ways that could actually be very, very detrimental to us as people yeah. because of the over-reliance nowadays on social media and all of that. Totally. And I, I totally agree with you there. It's strange how we're very parallel in thought sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Do you... Um, so, you know, we got back together. So we were together for uh, about... Not as long. Fourteen, yeah, yeah. Not kind of, kind of. Well, not even slightly, really. Oh, well, not really, because we weren't lovers. What, why were we? What was journey? Anyway, what were you saying? So fourteen years. So we were together about fourteen years, and then our drummer left, Chris. Sabbatical. Yeah, for um, childbirth. Not him, obviously. Yeah, and the only uh, so I thought that was the end of the band. Really, we did get an absolute nutter in. Who told us that he'd had brain surgery the night before and then turned up at the uh, practice? Couldn't um, make it up, could you? No. Couldn't make it up. He had had brain surgery. He had made it up. He'd had brain surgery at some and point, he, but not that night before. He didn't die at the rehearsal. He's still alive. Uh, so he feigned that. Yeah. Great. Um, just to get carried to the car. Got it. You know when he drove off? Say no more. Okay. So, and I thought that was the end of the band, and I hoped it it is now. Not right. More, <laughs> more after the break. <laughs> so Claire um, found out. So me and Claire weren't together when we met, obviously. And um, we... <laughs> Jesus Christ. God, I've only had one beer. Um, me and Claire... Um, so we were both with other people. And Claire found out that I was in okay. a band. Fuck off. I was in the band, and she, um, you know, I don't know whether she believed me or not, but I felt the need to get the band back together in order to prove to her that I was in the band. So we got all these songs, but it was almost like it didn't really exist until she saw us play. So we got Chris back to, in the band to play at Sunflower Lounge for one gig, and then that spawned right. a whole new yes, that era that. for the band that sort of carried on, yeah. despite... Well, I think Chris know, had found a new impetus... Of being in the band, and I think while he while he'd been on his sabbatical, he'd obviously realised that music was such a big part of his life, yeah. and I don't think he fully realised that before. And he wanted to get out of the house. And he wants to get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> but do you remember when Chris came back as the, as our drummer, and he was making notes, and he was so applying himself, it was untrue, and I was like so 
full of admiration for how he handled that. Yeah. He really knuckled down and, you know, relearned his craft, so mm, to speak. Definitely. Really he, so he came back better than ever, and I think that probably meant that we were better live, which probably encouraged more people to come and watch us. So it was a bit mm. like uh, you yeah. needed that break. Almost like, did you know that back in the 70s, the um, American Forestry Commission worked out a way to, to stop all, uh, well, most of the forest fires that were taking place. And then what they realised was the stopping... <laughs> sorry, where are we going with this? The stopping of the forest fires actually was affecting the ecosystem of the forests. So now that they had to sort of unlearn or, or undo some of the stuff that was stopping the forest fires so they could have this regeneration of the forest Got and of the, the nature, sort of, I don't know. What and I, there we are, and there we have it. No, I get it. I understand yeah. that, the yeah. correlation. Yeah. It's completely, like, random. It's long we but yeah. yeah. Well, no, I understand what you're saying and where you're coming from. Yeah. No. So, so Chris leaving was almost the forest fire. Forest fire. Got it. That we needed to get back together. To see the wood for the trees. And carry on. So we got a gig at the Actress and Bishop on the... 12th of July. 12th of July. Um, I think so. We've played there before, haven't we? Lots of times. Yeah. It's we've our it. favourite venue, really, isn't it, I would say. One of, yeah. I think in Birmingham, definitely now. I mean, it's so an excellent sound system. Yeah. I think that really goes a long way with me. Yeah. Some of the um, some of the pubs I used to love to play have gone now. Like? Jugaval. Yeah. Used to love the Jugaval. Um, had bad experience. Has the Flasper and Firkin actually gone? I think it's still there at the moment, but possibly for a very limited period of time. Didn't we play a farewell gig to the Flapper and Firkin six months ago? Yeah, and then it was, um, what's the word? Saved, basically. But it was only saved for another year. So, so technically, sometime this year, it should close down, unless, of course, there's another reprieve. Reprieve Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Did you know that, well... I don't know whether you, this is sort of totally fact, but the flapper and Firkin is has been um, is closing down due to the residents around the flapper and Firkin complaining, and that's happened with a couple of a couple of places in Birmingham. So the Rainbow, um, the Fiddle and Bone, um, yeah, I'm sure that it's basically well the Fiddle and Bone used to be a really good live venue for folk and yeah. jazz especially and whilst that's not my favorite area of genre of music it was really really popular with people and a lot of boat people would you know, as they were um, not bloody oh <laughs> you're racist <laughs> not immigrant boat people i don't mean that. i think i don't think they'd be rowing up the canal to listen to a bit of jazz with them on a sunday I fucking god bless them but jazz. um and these residents, these because they try to gentrify these areas, don't they? Mm -hmm. um, but what gets me is it's probably the people that move in. Yeah. Uh, because of the music and the scene, yeah. You know, or let's yeah, you know, they sell the the flats on the basis that, um, you know, the, it's a entertainment, entertainment, live music, yeah. a, a hub, and then these people obviously grow up, get children, get old, and then say, oh, the music's too late, and it's almost like they want to stop the people who are over the road from them having fun. They become nimbies. What's the term nimby I know? But do Not the in my backyard. Yeah. Not in my backyard. That's it. Yeah. Nimby. Okay. Um, I've just got a, uh, a boy here. Yeah. 
Have you uh, unknown pleasures? Yes. Do you like it? Yes. Do you think it's fucking a bit weird? Do you know what? What? I've got that album. Yeah. And I've also got right next to it. Um, it's an EP, and it was a twelve-inch EP by Joy Division. Atmosphere. I think it's called Atmosphere. Uh, she's lost control again. Um, Love will tear us apart. Love will tear us apart. And I always play that to death. Yeah. But unknown pleasures of played it about five times well, in I've my played, entire life. I played this once Is that weird? and it scared the shit out of Claire. And I don't The lyrics it. are incredible. I like it. It is very dark. But it's not listening no. for a pleasurable day. But you see, a lot of people, what and me included, whenever I listen to Joy Division now, mm-hmm. I listen to it against the backcloth of Ian Curtis killing himself because it was very tragic. Mm-hmm. And if you then retrospectively read or listen to his lyrics you can hear the, the pain in yeah. those lyrics and that's what colours your thoughts of it whereas when I used to listen to Atmosphere and she's lost control again it's just pure joy yeah. of music division of music pardon <laughs> yeah oh no um, so, so and, and as an antidote to that I would then because I had a very specific listening um, programme after I'd listened to Joy Division, I had to put some a certain ratio on as a kind of like antidote to that. So there's a song by a certain ratio. They were they were label mates basically. And the factory. Uh, there's a band called Flight. Uh, the song was called Flight by a certain ratio. And that's very funky, very up tempo. Yeah. And was an antidote. Just thought I'd throw Have it. you seen Twenty Four Hour Party People? Yes. Isn't it fucking great? It's fantastic. Do you think it's reflective of the actual what was happening or do you think it's um... well I think so because I kind of come from that era and there wasn't an awful lot in. I mean there's some fantastical bits obviously but not many Um, like the depiction of um, Tony Wilson but I found that that was just that was Tony Wilson plus if you know what I mean do you think Tony Wilson was based on Alan Partridge or Alan Partridge was based on Tony Wilson the last one okay (laughs) very much so have you seen the new series I've seen one and I've been a bit. Well, the first one I thought was shit, but it, it, it's gathered momentum. But I still think it's quite. Um... <clears throat> so I really liked I Am Alan Partridge. You know the one where he's, he's living in yeah, the hotel. Oh, brilliant! I think this one. Again, quite a piece Partridge. I just don't know what what. <clears throat> it's good. It's almost a drama. I think it's a drama. It strikes me that. Yeah, you're quite right. I, with little bits of comedy here and there, but it's not belly laugh material. No. Which was a little bit disappointing. And I almost felt to myself, he's gone a bit too far with this, this one. But I hope he hasn't. But uh, as, I don't know what the fuck that was. That sounded like <coughs> um, a, a tiger. Pelican dying. So I've got tiger and you've got pelican dying. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. Um, as, a piece, as a body of work, I think it's quite good as a yeah if it, if it was seen as a drama. Oh, Patrick. Yeah, um, but I don't think if this was the first series, I wouldn't have watched it again or wanted to see any more from it. Mm. So a bit like this album actually. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Because with Partridge, you watched the last well not the last series but the series where he was in the motel and all the rest of it, which was comedy genius. Yeah. And then that ends, and you think to yourself, oh, I hope he's going to do another series. And then the years or months roll by and you think, 
no, it's had its day. And then all of a sudden it comes out again and you think, oh, I hope he hasn't um, yeah. rehashed old material. <clears throat> And he hasn't. And he hasn't. So that's the point. I think he's done something different. Yeah. And more. It's just not as funny. Um, <clears throat> well, I do want to see his Laurel and Hardy. You've it, seen that's that, uh, brilliant. It's. It seems like it will be superb. I've yeah. got to see that. And is it John C. Riley who plays um, Stan Laurel? Incredible likeness. Or is he Oliver no, no, Hardy? Oliver Hardy. Oliver Hardy. Incredible likeness. <clears throat> brilliant. It was. And do you know what? A lot of that was filmed at the Black Country Museum. Well, didn't know that. Oh yeah, no, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. So you can see where they're showing bits of nineteen um, sixties Britain. They were cutting to different parts of the Black Country Museum. Mm -hmm. They were showing it as if it was around the country. Super. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I bought a Black Country cookbook. Cookbook. A Black Country cookbook, not a book to help cook the Black Country. You have to bear with me slightly here because I've still got images of when we went on an office away day yeah. to the Black Country Museum. Yeah. And as we were having a carvery lunch, okay. um, Adam, folks, went up to the carve, carving person, personnel. Carvet. Carvet. <laughs> Carver. Carver. And said, Carver? can I have some more fat? <laughs> but do you know what? And everyone stopped talking and the music went off and we all stared at him. But... I come from a family, so my granddad used to say you can eat everything on a pig apart from the squeal. <laughs> and that's so true. My granddad used to say that. In the black country, no, my granddad. No, my granddad said it no, first. My your granddad copied my granddad. That's probably true as your granddad's a lot older than mine. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> it could be the same age. Get on with it! Okay. Um, so I bought a black country cookbook. Because at work they're taking the piss um, because I mentioned grape haze and bacon. Oh. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it, I've never seen it, thank God. It's like uh, a brown sludge that, um, and I was explaining what it actually was. So Google this, this is a, this is a true thing. Grape haze, G-R-A-E-P-A-E-S, which is grape peas. Why are they grape peas? Well, because they're fucking peas and they're grey. <laughs> yeah, but how have they become grey? No, so, this is the thing. They're not actually peas. peas. They're they, beans. No, they're not beans. No. They are pet food. <laughs> Gotta say, you're not selling it. Listen to me. Listen. You'll like this. Will do. They call them grey farters in West Brom. It's getting worse. I've got to say. Okay. So, they're little brown peas. I don't know what they're calling brown Not brown peas. Grey. <laughs> brown peas. Oh. Um... But they put these, uh, you put them in water overnight with um, bicarbonate of soda. They're not rabbit droppings, are they? They're no, actual no, no, peas. They are actual peas. You don't get like the shit from a rabbit. Okay. You know, they're littler than a rabbit. Currants, my mum calls them. They're not currants. No, currants. She calls rabbit droppings currants. Okay, no. So you get these little fucking <laughs> grey fucking peas <laughs> and you, bought, you, you sort of leave them in soak overnight. And then boil them the next day and then stir bacon into them and they go all brown. Nice. But it tastes amazing. If you go to a bonfire in the back country, that's pretty much what you're going to be eating. I'll try it. Tastes nice. Mm -hmm. Take the piece at work. If you recommend something, usually I will go for it because I know that it comes from a position of knowledge, yeah. not of like, mm, this, you know, that's how you become a heroin addict, isn't it? Have you got it? Yeah. Cool. So. <laughs> And um, we don't condone Class A drugs, but I condone them, but I don't take them. Okay. 
So, the so this um, black black country black, fucking hell. What? This black country pudding. No, black country. What the fuck am I trying to say? This black country cookbook. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Though. It's, it took me long enough to say it. You've got it yeah. to show to people at work to tell them it's not just crap. It's no, I've got it so I can cook it. I'm going to cook some. I have to say, faggots, not a fan. You are homophobic as well as racist. <laughs> faggots as in black country, delicacy. Okay. I don't I don't like faggots. It's got to be. And and things like liver and brains. Not even, not even brains. Faggots. Oh, no. no. Not even the ones in the little foil tins. No, I don't like faggots, mate. I love faggots, liver, anything that's... Yeah. Give me a plate of pasta with anything on it. I'm happy. Faggots. Noodles. Love it. Faggots and oh, pasta. Mm, I love food. Um, that's good to know. It helps you keep us alive. Well, I'd eat nothing else, personally. Uh, I know somebody who would um, not eat if they could. If they could take a tablet where they didn't have to eat food, they would. Because? They don't like the... Not an anorexic person. No, they're not anorexic. So they eat meals. Um, who is it? Uh, somebody from the past mm. who I'd rather not mention. Okay. Um, it's not a girl though. No, no, no it's a man. Okay. Um, and basically, alive? Oh, I believe so. I haven't seen them for years. Uh, stop trying to guess. You must be eating. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't say they're <laughs> fucking eating. Well, they need to be more clear. It's quick buckler. That's yeah. why he's a skeleton. Trapdoor. Yeah. Got it. Okay. The reason why that. Oh. <laughs> the reason. Oh. Yeah. So basically, this bloke fucking hell wouldn't eat anything. Um, if he had the choice. If he had the choice. But he could still live. Yeah. So he didn't like the actual process of eating. Yeah. That's extremely strange. No, I take pleasure from eating food. Absolutely. I love it. I like the it's taste. It's not sure, is it? No. Well, it is if it's a bowl of rice and that's but all he gets. it is for him, and basically, if you put this meal in down in front of him, it would be gone in a minute. He would just shovel it in, and it was like fuel. But you know what I hate? I really hate to see this thing. Gluttony. Um, and that's not to say that I've not been greedy myself in the past, because I have. But you know when you're in a restaurant and you sit... I was in a restaurant with my mum and my wife or my sister, I can't remember who now, but... The same person? Yeah. There was a man next to us at the next table, and he was quite a big lad, like, and his meal came, and I'm not kidding you, he inhaled it. Yeah. And and I saw him put half a pie on his fork. Half a pie. And I, I was in... I was initially in awe, and then I found myself tearing up, because it was just something that I never thought I'd say. It was disgusting. Did you actually cry? Oh, no, I didn't. I was joking. Did you know that up north... Uh, they eat pies on bread like have a pie sandwich. Is it a whippet pie? I don't fucking know. Like a dog? Yeah. Well, they have a lot of whippets up north. Well, the dog racing's closed down now. There you go. Did That's you know? Awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, Perry Bar. I'm not sure why I would know that, though. So. Uh, why have you never been? Well, I, have, I used to go to them all the time. In fact, me and my brother used to go when we were little to the Hall Green racetrack. Closed down. Closed down, exactly. But underneath 
the floorboards because they're all on um, stages where the people stood to watch the, the race. And underneath those floorboards, we used to collect all the tickets. We just used to collect them because they were all colourful and nice. And while we were down there, we would look up the cracks up ladies' skirts, which is disgusting, I know, but we did it. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but I'm not ashamed of it either because I was like five or six. I don't care. You can do or say what you like. I don't care. I am finding out so much about you. I'm telling you. Um, I'm going to have to contact the police. <laughs> I'm out of the band. You're out of the band. Yeah. You're off the podcast. Yeah. This is quite uh, enlightening. No, it's such a but shame not in the way that you'd expected or wanted. I was just going to say it's a shame that the dogs are closed. I used to like it. <laughs> I used to like it. It was so exciting. But <laughs> Why did you have to go so deep and dark then? What? What about? Looking up people's skirts. I was only little. I was only about five or six. What would you do if you looked up and it was a, a Scotsman and he's got a kilt on? I probably would have had a seizure. Seizure bollocks. <laughs> 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 just so you have you heard the just so you dumplings no benny hill no um he used to pretend to be a woman cook like in the in the mold of um fanny craddock if you know okay yes I do. and he was cooking something and he was trying to cook something vegetarian wise and the guy that was interviewing him bent over the uh saucepan and she's she said now in this dish i'm just going to use um use um and the interviewer chipped in just soya dumplings and the cook said you shouldn't have been looking then should you oh god yeah sorry but we like it we like a bit of benny hill laughter yeah i like benny hill but don't you think like jokes have moved on yeah a little bit like the fact that we're talking early benny hill was very very clever and it was only in the latter <clears throat> years of his um career that he turned into a sexist moppet but I've got to ask a question. I think he was gay anyway. But. You know, um, on Benny Hill, when the women used to wear like Nazi uniforms, was that frowned upon at the time? No. So it was just seen as funny? It was seen as funny. Um, I mean, there was a series, I don't know whether you got to see it, called Love Thy Neighbour. Yes. Where there's a black family next door to a white family. And the white, fam the white guy was very racist and always came off at the end of the... At the, end of the, at the end of the episode, I didn't realise it was one of them. He always got the worst of it, basically. He always came out of it as the loser, kind of thing, because he was so stupid and bigoted. Yeah. But it was absolutely hilarious at the time. I mean, I was, again, I was only a kid anyway. Um, but I've got them on a box set, and you look at them now, and it would probably be a bit offensive to people if they watched it now. I can see that. Um, but at the time, because it was taking the mick out of the white bigot, I thought it was okay. But again, I was a child. So. I watched a, a documentary about um, TV was all right in the, and then it would say the eighties, the nineties, and then it would show what the was oh, yeah, going on, yeah, yeah. and it was like TV series. I mean, some of the stuff that was recent, like, um, do you know what was really the girly show? Sarah yeah, Cox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, you know, the word. That. I found that. Late really night. Bad. I mean, a lot of it was like late night Channel 4 of recent times, which was almost seen as extreme or offensive. But uh, apparently, there's been an uproar about Friends. Huh? You now, the, the comedy Friends. Yeah. Well, basically, people have been tweeting about, because they've re released them on Netflix, they've been tweeting about, you know, um, Ross being a creep, Joey being a, a you know, a, a 
not bigamist and what would he be like a you know, like a sexist sec, yeah sex oh, addict. yeah but yeah you know. and uh again it was a 90s series so that's what i mean things have come on slightly you know but it, i watch them now i think they're funny but i yeah and so do i but i have seen a few episodes recently where i thought god that's a little bit um like there's one today in fact where the uh emma is it was one year old mm-hmm. and the cake was um in the shape of a penis and it was supposed to be in the shape of a bunny okay and then somebody said later on why is there um why is my daughter's face on a penis and I, things like that i i don't think they're offensive necessarily they're just ill-advised yeah if you know what i mean i just think <clears> that they they can be bordering on the offensive but they're not offensive obviously but I just think they didn't I, and to be honest it's an American series and if it was a British series I think they'd be a little bit more circumspect about it possibly I, I don't, don't know I don't know I'm not sure anyway I think we've had a good chat um, I found out a lot about you that I wasn't expecting still out of the band yeah she's still out of the band unbelievable and I'm going to call the police I don't know why I came um, and thank you well, thank you for calling the police. Thanks for driving around. Well, at least you get a lift home. You can have another beer. That's w. true. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, mate. You've been Biff. I've. You've been Ad, haven't you? Yeah. AJ and AJ One. Yeah, that's what they call me at work. Cool. And um, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. And next week I'll be back on having a rant about some dark topic, even though this one's been quite dark anyway. <laughs> and. Uh, I'll see you again. Bye. Lots of love.